Right. Welcome to another episode of the Speech and Repeat podcast today with Rachel Sanders. Hey, Rachel, how's it going? Good, thanks. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, you know, I'm excited that we're doing this today. I'm excited that you're in the show. And um, we always start the same way and um, kind of as the icebreaker for today, icebreaker question for, for today's podcast. Um, would be great if you could kind of like, you know, give us some background on where you're coming from, you know, kind of guide us through your, through your background in a storytelling way, like all these different kind of stations, you know, that we, that you went through um, before, you know, you ended up where you are today. Yeah, definitely. As I kind of look back across my journey, it all ends up making sense, but there were some twists and turns along the way. Um, I really started my healthcare and just professional experience in investment banking. So more finance experience, but focusing on the healthcare industry. So learning a lot about the entire health ecosystem in the US, how everything worked together and really saw that people and companies were using data and technology in really new and innovative ways to improve the way that their patients experienced their healthcare, but also their patient outcomes. And at the same time, I was dealing with my own health issues, more of the common stress, burnout, fatigue, and having to use a really guess and check methodology, manual approach to figure out what was wrong and how to fix it. Um, and a light bulb really went off where I said, Consumers have more access to health data. They're going to have even greater access to health data over the next decade plus. There's this opportunity to leverage this, this new tech in a way that was happening in traditional services, but put it more into a prevention or lifestyle focused mindset. I didn't know exactly what that looked like, but I really wanted to investigate further. I went to get my MBA at Harvard, spent two years really digging into the industry, um, understanding where the problems lie and what made sense for me to, to try to solve. I launched my first startup, learned a lot about startup operations, ultimately closed it but connected with my co-founder through that experience. He has a PhD in biotechnology. He's uh, one exit with, I with an IPO, but has really spent his entire career building out prevention and health products um, all around nutrition using genetics and other health biomarkers. And so we really saw this opportunity to leverage data in a new way to improve the way people felt every day, how they performed, uh, and was really in, empowered and driven around this idea of helping people leverage that data uh, to achieve optimal health. And that's really where, where Routine was born. And we're, we're gonna get into more detail just in a second, but so this is actually interesting what you mentioned, you know, so uh, in, in regards to your first venture, um, you know, talk me through this one. So, you know, that, that, that first one, which, which, you know, eventually, which eventually where you said you, you, you failed and you, you learned stuff from, and then you met your co-founder. I think this is super crucial. Um, you know, ultimately what you said in the beginning, how you started off by saying like, okay, you know, if I look back all these individual steps, they make sense to, to where it basically ended up with, but you know, so guide me through this, this exactly this kind of like first venture of like what you were, do, what you were doing. And then like that transitioning period to finding your co-founder or meeting your co-founder. Yeah, of course. So as I kind of was looking at the problems that 
A, existed and B, could make a really big impact and C, that I was interested in solving. The musculoskeletal space was one that really stuck out. I had had past experiences. I was an athlete, got injured a lot, um, was also unfortunately in a car accident and had whiplash. So I had to kind of go through the system of um, how to fix something that isn't as easy to just go get surgery and then here's the steps. Um, it's also two thirds um, of the country, and at least in the US, people experience some sort of musculoskeletal concern. It's like $400 billion in spend in the US. And so it's a massive market, but it's also a massive problem um, from a kind of personal standpoint. And so I went, uh, we went in and kind of looked at a couple of different solutions within that space. We launched one, we ended up pivoting, um, but ultimately the unit economics didn't make a ton of sense. Um, but what I did learn is really understanding what it means to be a startup CEO, what fundraising looks like, started connecting with key, key people and key players in the industry. Um, I actually started the company while I was in school. So I connected with a number of professors there who are still mentors uh, today. And they in turn connected me with other individuals, one of whom um, is an investor now in routine um, and a kind of key advisor and mentor as well. And so that's kind of uh, what we did and, and how we thought about it. That's cool. So, uh, you know, guide me through your time at, at, at Harvard, you know, like, I mean, you, you already had some experience in the space and you knew like, okay, so this is where I want to be. This is like the space that I want to kind of explore and discover. And, you know, you kind of had your mind fixed on, okay, so I want to build something. I want to do something, right? Um, how would you compare that in your time, like with the other people like that were there at like, you know, while, while you were doing your MBA in the sense of, because you, you come across like now when you, when you, when you, when you just told me that, 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 you know, you were actively kind of like, you know, approaching people, trying to like meet people and like, you know, find, find a co-founder, find it, find, I don't know, exchange with people to kind of like, you know, get an idea across, et cetera, like all that stuff. So, and I think this is super crucial in order like, you know, to actually get, get there to eventually get an idea and to eventually start because, you know, oftentimes in most of the cases, you're not doing it by yourself and you need to find the right people and the right idea. So, you know, tell me like, how, how would you, how do you see that you personally doing so like kind of in comparison when you were at Harvard, like with other people, was it like, kind of like, okay, so everybody's kind of like doing this or was it like, you know, not the case? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. And it goes back to this common, do you go to grad school or do you just go into straight into startup or you, do you even finish college? And for me, um, grad school and getting my MBA specifically was definitely the right choice. Um, as an investment banker, I, I had a lot of experiences that most um, kind of analysts, associates don't have. Got to take control of diligence processes, learned very fast, um, was interacting directly with our clients, managing kind of managing the deals. Um in kind of second in command next to my much older managing directors. And at that point, I, I had learned a lot, but I knew that I wanted to learn more. Um, I'm inherently a curious person. I'm a lifelong learner. And for me, it felt like getting an MBA would do a few things. First, it would massively grow my network. It would allow me to learn in areas in terms of ops, people management, leadership, beyond um, just the finance piece that I had spent four years kind of building. Um, and it also would give me space to explore and understand um, what was going on. And, and for some people, it, and me specifically, it also meant that 
even if what I tried didn't work out while I was there or afterwards, I would have still had this amazing experience, gotten all of these lessons and had this incredible network uh, that I could always kind of go back into, uh, which felt right uh, for my kind of journey. Um, while I was there, so the first year at HBS specifically is very structured. Um, you barely have time to eat, <laughs> let alone kind of think about uh, individual problems. And so that um, was really a time to really dive in and kind of start to meet people, think, have conversations, open up my mind around different ways of kind of looking at the world, which was really um, fascinating and, and super important in the journey. The second year, you get a lot more time. Um, and that's when a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people start to say, okay, I want to go into startups or I, I want to think about this problem. There's a Harvard Innovation Lab, which is actually accessible to everyone at, um, within the university, not just the MBA students, but it just happens to sit on the MBA campus. And so there was a subset of of us within the second year that started companies, um, many of whom are still there today. Uh, we had one class, a product management class, um, where there's three companies um, that are still in existence out of that class. It's a small class. I think there's 20 people um, in there um, that have gone on to raise seed series A, series B um, investments from Andreessen and you know, amazing other, other funds. And so, um, the answer is yes, there's people that do it. Is it the majority of people? No, a lot of people are going into more consulting, finance, um, real estate, more traditional roles. But the kind of interesting stat is that over the course of the lifetime of alumni from HBS, over 50% of people will end up starting uh, something, whether it's a startup or their own consulting agency or their own fund. Um, it's a very entrepreneurial place. Okay, interesting. So, so let's 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 talk exactly about that moment when you like when you were kind of like meeting your um, your now co-founder at, at routine. You know, guide me exactly kind of like you know the days before that. Were you already thinking about like you know concrete stuff, and then that added up to you know you having a meeting because somebody introduced you to that person. So guide me through that period into kind of like, okay, you connecting with this person and then like eventually like, you know, hitting it off and, and, and going into the process of like, you know, starting a routine. Yeah. So Daniel and I connected while I was still working on my first startup. Um, funny enough, I was starting to kind of hit that late 20s. Um, my body doesn't feel the same as it used to and kind of looking at all sorts of ways across as I did in banking, but across what can I do on my nutrition? What can I do in my exercise? Um, how can I think about sleep to really optimize myself as a, as a founder? Um, and we connected through a mentor that I was actually connected with, um, through my HBS network and he was working on a problem and I was working in startups and it really connected on both of us, my personal and professional experience in investment banking but also my kind of lifelong health focus um, and that kind of consideration I was looking at um, across my health stack at that time when we connected. Um, we spent about three to four months getting to know each other better, kind of talking about the problem, talking about um, the opportunity and really figuring out 
what we made sense, kind of where would our roles be? And I like to say we have the per perfect co-founder marriage between kind of what we are good at and what we want to do on a day-to-day -day basis and really pay attention um, and stay out of each other's lanes unless we're trying to kind of come together to, to solve a problem or, or kind of have a conversation around that. Um, he's a science guy. He PhD in biotechnology. He does everything on the product side, making sure the science is there, interacting with clinical advisors. And I'm much more on the business side. So everything from commercialization to fundraising to kind of what it means to run a business. And then we built a team, of course, around us. Uh, but that's been, that was really helpful um, and something we worked out very much in the beginning around, okay, I'm going to come in, I'm going to be CEO. What does that mean? What decisions am I making? What decisions are we making together? Who's in charge of what parts of the business? Um, and then of course, executing on that and, and really paying attention and being respectful as we built the business together. Right. Okay. So, uh, you know, let, let's talk about routine and then, you know, eventually really, you know, you guys hitting it off and, 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 you know, um, working on, okay, getting, you got to know each other, uh, and then, you know, working out that idea for routine, starting at the first um, first uh, first steps in, uh, into that. So, you know, I think it would be best to, you know, before you kind of like, uh, you know, answer that one or, or kind of like guide us through it through this period. You know, I think it's, it's best if you kind of give the elevator pitch for routine before that um, and then kind of, you know, get back to the, the like li literally the early days of, 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 of building it up. Yeah, happy to. So routine can, uh, combines lab tests with connected health data to deliver science-backed, actionable insights, tailored supplements based on those insights uh, to optimize around your specific health goals and your individual biology, a way to track if it's working through in-app tracking and quarterly blood testing, as well as a community that really ties the entire member experience together. Uh, from a product standpoint, today we have a precision multivitamin membership, as well as three corresponding at-home tests. We have two blood tests that looks at vitamin, minerals, and information markers. Um, and we have a DNA test that tests about 50 genetic variants that are proven to impact the way your body processes nutrients. Um, and these are really our kind of entry point products to building a, a broader platform, tech-enabled comprehensive platform inclusive of testing analytics um, insights full nutrient speed as well as um, community and the core data connectivity uh, so that people can track their health in, in a number of ways and everything we do is rooted in our proprietary tech so we look at over 100 health data points per member across lifestyle genetics and blood levels to create truly custom formulas deliver them to your door and fine-tune those formulas over time based on your outcomes and all of this <laughs> together has been, we launched in, in 2019 and, and where we are today is a culmination of, um, I guess, four years because we founded in, in 2018 of, of hard work and there's still much more to go. I guess, where, where do you want me to start from the early days standpoint? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, I, th I think, so kind of to give, give, give the background here, right? I mean, and you you already mentioned it a little bit. I mean, I've done my research as well, right? So, I mean, it, it probably helped that, you, you know, your, your co-founder is quite, a, quite quite the experienced guy, right? So, you you, you already told uh, told us that he, he had already an exit before him. Uh, I think he was, like, um, with his company before that, was already into, like, you know, all sorts of, like, lab testing and stuff like that, right? So there was, like, quite the experience that came with that. And so the kind of the, you know, I, I'm looking through this angle of, like, okay, so 
you know, testing kits or testing devices. Um, and I think you, you guys have been running for three years now, right? So this, um, I'm not sure what, what company was kind of like the first to kind of go this approach of like saying, okay, so, hey, we're going to send, you know, people some sort of testing kit, which is going to be testing whatever, right? Whatever biological variable. Um, and then, you know, go from there. So guide me. So in its sense that, so testing kits, right? For users is, is, is not really kind of like the innovative thing guide me through the like the bigger vision when you guys sat down it's like okay so i have a i have a person that is super experienced with like all this you know testing um uh, stuff and 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 you know has the background in the labs etc to like okay so what what is the bigger vision that we have here that you know that we can build and you already kind of like tweaked it a little bit um you know with like building this uh, bigger platform etc let's get into more detail for this yeah, definitely. So as we kind of look at the problem that we were solving initially and where we really saw the market, and honestly still today, is that a lot of what was happening in the nutrition supplement market, it's going to be a $500 billion market in the next six years, really wasn't being approached from a biological standpoint. So what I mean is there were a lot of products, there still are a lot of products, maybe personalization based on kind of what do you want, how do you feel, lifestyle surveys but you don't really know what your body needs unless you test it. And this is really the, the problem or the kind of the, the opportunity that we were going after to actually help people dial in on exactly what they need based on their individual biology, not just based on a lifestyle assessment, create something that's truly N equals one. So we dose on a individual basis. There's over 700 trillion combinations of our 19 vitamins, minerals, and especially compounds uh, that can come in a pack. And we can create a feedback loop with that testing and in-app feedback, and then fine tune that formula over time to support your body where it is both today and tomorrow. And that was a really innovative concept where you're combining testing with a physical product that can be updated and is dynamic over time through that feedback loop. Okay. And um, so one of the, so, um, I mean, I, I, I've, I've talked to a couple of companies that, you know, are, uh, are in the space of like, you know, working towards this kind of bigger vision towards, you know, personalizing, um, the, you know, health, health um, solutions. And um, so especially on the testing side, right? So um, how do you, so this is something that I think a lot about is, I, I, the go-to-market strategy for, and you know, that this does not just go for, you know, if we look at nutrition, but it also like, if you look at variable companies, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's targeting the people that are already aware of their health, right? So those are the, like the high paying customers, the ones that, you know, are, are eager to learn more about their body. Like that, that is kind of like, you know, where we enter kind of the market and the goal is obviously kind of to scale, right? So to, to, to also at one point achieve achieving, you know, um, or, or getting other people that are, you know, not in that kind of like customer base, but like that have like a bigger comfort zone in, in terms of, you know, not doing too much sports or whatever, or not placing it in their priorities that high. What I think about always is that, um, so when it comes to testing is, um, or testing kits, is this notion of like, how are you going to be scaling testing? Because, um, so, you know, yes, it is already way better than waiting for an appointment for like months, right, at a testing facility and stuff like that. But so if you if you need to be testing every, right, you, you cannot just test once because you need to retest, right? So how is that, like, how do you think about that component? Like, is 
maybe I'm also wrong, right? Prove me wrong. <laughs> maybe that is, um, that is not a problem with users, but like, I would see that that is kind of like a hurdle if I would need, need to be retesting, uh, you know, maybe not for the high performer, right? That is super into this, right? And I have no problem like retesting every 90 days or whatever, but like into the, if we look at the mass, isn't that kind of like a, a higher barrier to entry? What's been interesting about the last couple of years with the pandemic is this kind of concept of a DIY health consumer has accelerated, which means there is a much larger percentage of the population that is utilizing a variety of services, packaging them together based on their individual needs to get access to their own health data at home. And that's a trend that's not stopping anytime soon. If you look at our market, we target the connected health consumer, their health enthusiasts, but it's really individuals that are using some sort of data app or at-home testing to better understand and optimize their health. And that's close to 50% of middle to upper income adults in the U.S. alone uses some sort of wearable. Um, not to mention the at-home diagnostics market is going to triple in the next six years um, to over close to $9 billion. So it's a larger market in terms of the people that A, care about this and B, are willing to do it. Um, yes, blood testing every quarter is an ask, but our members come to us because they want a more data-driven approach. They want a more personalized approach. And so that's part of it. They want to understand and take nutritional supplements, understand their nutrition and broader than just nutrition, they want to make better, more informed health decisions. And you need to do that with data. What I think is the most exciting kind of trend coming up is that there's going to be all of these new innovative ways to get access to different types of health data in a non-invasive way. Um, there's kind of just news coming out about non-invasive glucose. Uh, we'll see kind of continuous cortisol testing. There's sweat patches that can look at vitamin and mineral levels through sweat. And so what we're really doing is we're setting up the ability to be able to look at all of this data, analyze it and provide products and services um, that are truly personalized to each individual based on the data that is being collected. And so, Yes, today it might be a little bit more difficult, but as we look into tomorrow, um, there's going to be much more opportunity to get access to data in a way that isn't um, pricking your finger at home. Uh, Interesting. So do you do you kind of like see also for routine as, as the bigger vision? Like, okay, so, you know, in the sense of like growing your customer base, et cetera, you guys, you know, collecting lots of data, learning stuff, right? In terms of like the, 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 all, all the insights that you get in, in, in terms of like the, you know, um, the, 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 the mineral uh, reactions to individual kind of users, et cetera, and like all that stuff. Do you think that like, how would you, you know, I mean, you, you need to decide what you can give away. Right. But like, you know, what, how do you think kind of like long-term in terms of like the product evolving from like, okay, you know, we were selling tests, et cetera, et cetera. This is kind of like our value chain towards, you know, this, Kind of like bigger platform or bigger kind of like pool of, of insights like and and either opening it up or I don't know like you know what, what is kind of like playing out in your head it's a great question there's a lot of opportunity here as you look at the market I've said this in, in many ways but consumers have more access to health data than ever before and that trend is going to continue um, everything around it and so as you look at kind of our broader mission which is to enable millions to leverage their data to achieve optimal health first through nutrition, uh, there's a lot of ways that we can accomplish that mission. So it's really impact first, and that's really how we how we think about it. And it's also science um, and kind of clinical validation first. And so that's really how we approach opportunities. That's how we approach thinking about the broader picture. Um, but 
we're excited about the future that's going to exist. We're excited about the future that we're building. Um, and we do think there's countless opportunities to bring more people into the precision nutrition, precision health atmosphere to really help make an impact on both their common conditions and chronic conditions. I like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe some, some interesting data that you can share, uh, share with us. Like, and in terms of age distribution or like what, what, what you kind of like seen first from your customers, like, um, you know, demographic wise as well. I mean, you mentioned a little bit about the, you know, the, the, the kind of like middle class as well and stuff, but like in terms of like age distribution, how do you see that between like, you know, different generations, et cetera, in terms of like, you know, do you kind of see a skew towards, you know, a certain, certain, um, demographic group or so? Definitely. So our kind of core consumer is between ages of early 30s to 50s. Uh, and when you look at kind of the, the timeline around people starting to understand and, and care more about their health, uh, that's around when that when that timeline starts. Uh, we have seen uh, in more recent years that age going, going up even further um, into the baby boomer, et cetera, generation. Uh, but when you look at kind of that later generation, there's also a tech component. So really kind of thinking about that. But of course, as we go in time, that age will continue to go up with more um, data-driven kind of tech-focused individuals. Uh, as we look at the earlier kind of earlier generations, if you're an athlete, you're really paying attention and trying to dial in um, if you're a high performer in that sense. But it takes for most people until they're kind of later 20s, early 30s for people to realize that they're body doesn't feel the way that it used to, whether you're exactly. uh, waking up after a night's sleep and you're just like, wait, I, I slept eight hours, but I still don't feel right. Or um, you have alcohol, like one glass of alcohol, and then you wake up and you're anxious and you didn't sleep. Um, or like there's some sort of, you try to run a mile and you're like, you hurt your ankle. Uh, these are just things that start to happen. And so there's a wake up time um, when people are like, oh, I really need to invest in this. Uh, and that's around the time that it starts to happen. Yeah, it's interesting. I always, I always uh, say that, you know, people live, uh, live recklessly for a decade or two. And then the first, the first time they, they, you know, the first time they start to feel some, some kind of muscle itch, or I don't know, like, you know, something is hurting or, you know, um, if, if, uh, you know, uh, something, something worse, some, some illness pops up or whatever, you know, then, then people start to start to do everything, you know, start to change behavior from, from, from the next day following. And, and then that, that, that's interesting in terms of human psychology, but I think there's nothing, nothing really, you know, no solution yet there to, to kind of, you know, change that <laughs> earlier, <laughs> but um, interesting. So, I mean, there's two, two other things that we need to, or, I mean, they're kind of like connected. So, which I found very interesting. So actually like how I discovered you is, you know, by, um, you know, certain people that I follow on Twitter and um, I, I, I stumbled upon, uh, I stumbled upon the, the, the apex project. And um, so this is, I, I find this very interesting. And um, so this is like, I think it's like super, you know, early in, in, in the thought, but there's something, there's something to it. And um, so guide me, guide me through, or first of all, you know, for, for everyone listening, tell us like what this is about. And then for me personally, you know, my, my egoistic question here, what was kind of the story behind that? Like, uh, did you think about this? Was this kind of like developed within inside the team? You know, tell me, and, and then why, why, why did you do it? 
Yeah, it's a great question. So Apex Optimizers is the first NFT project focused on health, sleep, and performance optimization, um, really centered around real-world benefits for people that are trying to improve and, and optimize their health. Uh, we did it, Routine did it collectively. Uh, now there's 15 brands involved and um, combined, there's over a million dollars worth of benefits, whether it's access to top thought leaders, um, private lessons, to brand discounts and other giveaways. Uh, and we're continuing to scale um, that, that platform. So that's been um, a project that we have worked on that's been really interesting. And, and there was definitely a lot of room for growth uh, there. So we're excited about it. Um, in terms of the story behind it, so what we saw, um, as most people saw last kind of summer 2021, is that the NFT space was just exploding. Um, but what was interesting that was happening is that thought leaders in health were on Twitter with smoking ape avatars talking about how to improve their performance. And there was this weird dichotomy where you're celebrating vices with the projects that you're invested and focused on on the NFT side, but you're actually really talking about health and you're really focused on health in your real life. Um, and as we think about Web3, yes, there's been up and ups and downs, but it's here, it's coming, it's going to scale. Maybe not as quickly as everyone thought given the markets today, but um, it's a new kind of place. And we knew that health needed to be part of the conversation in Web3. And we, as a company, as a brand, as a community, were really well set up to kind of bring that together. Um, and so that's really the, the impetus and the reason behind, behind it. Um, and as we kind of talked about at the beginning, routine has a broader community that ties the entire routine experience together, but also gives people that maybe aren't routine members access to more information, resources, connections um, as a place for people to connect, optimize, and learn together through the Precision Health Club community. And that's where Apex Optimizers lives as well. And so it's this really kind of interesting, great, great free opportunity that helps people understand their health better, understand the resources better, understand kind of what's out there, what are the new products, um, and get access to, to those at discounted rates if you're an Apex holder. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I got to give you the credits for this. I think so, uh, you know, speaking strategy, this like, this was a very strategic move from, 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 from a routine perspective, because, you know, um, I think community is very hard, very difficult. I think every kind of like startup nowadays, um, you know, talks about community. I think, you know, most, most of the companies actually have not figured out like how to actually do that because it's not, it's not, it's not easy. But in that sense, you know, um, I think here as well, you know, taking into account or kind of like bringing, you know, the other brands and other companies that are in the space of like, you know, precision health, um, kind of like involving them. It's like you, you're creating kind of like the playground, right, for for this community, overall community. And this is super, super smart. Um, I think because like you're hosting the party, right? And if you're hosting a party, that's always a good thing. Um, so how do you, how do you see that? Like, if we look a little bit into the future, I mean, this is like, you know, I guess also for you guys is, you know, it's, it's, it's been kind of like a project that you tried out, you know, it's, um, you, you just like, you know, try to see like where things are going, et cetera. And I think the feedback probably was, was quite good for, for, for a start, but like, how do you see this kind of like evolve, um, you know, kind of further down the line? Yeah, it, it's a great question. So community is is at our core and, and how we think about it, but community in the broader ecosystem is, is also something we care about broadly. And so as we approach both Precision Health Club, um, which today is a Discord server, 
eventually will be also a Substack and a podcast. Um, Apex Optimizers is a part of that that community. Um, and kind of as we th- see opportunities, there's additional kind of brands that are coming on, really fun collabs that are coming forward. Um, we're launching a merch shop. There's just a lot of things that we're doing within the AO community. And as we think about kind of future drops, uh, we'll be doing different different options, but kind of within that same category of, of how do we bring people together to help them learn and optimize together. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So um, I, I, I saw that you guys, so another thing that I thought about as well is um, I, I thought I, I started to think about like, okay, so what if, what if we come from this perspective of like a, a DAO? You know, uh, and I, I saw like, or for most of these, you know, precision health companies, uh, there's a lot of athletes and uh, athletes involved, right? So like either as as kind of like the, um, you know, early investors, but also you know maybe as as kind of like brand investors, etc. And so what I was thinking actually is that you know this is a very will be also a very interesting concept. Is like you know you could create an organization where you have like people that have expertise as you know as high performers, high performers, for example, right, in order to like, you know, jointly together kind of build products, because if you think about it, you know, like, the way the way athletes have been reimbursed, right, or like kind of like, you know, made money besides besides their kind of like contracts in in, in professional sports, right, or as as their core kind of like um, ability as an athlete is like always kind of, you know, doing doing kind of like, you know, um, brand work for other brands, right? But not really kind of like getting the equity, right? Or not really kind of like putting their their own kind of like, you know, ideas into stuff, in, into things, right? And so I thought this would be also a quite quite an interesting concept to see or like, you know, to see play it out because I've seen, a, especially in the US, I've seen a lot of athletes getting more and more active kind of like also in the startup space. Yeah, I think there's kind of two parts to the to the answer. So the first is yes, athletes are getting much more involved in in the startup space. There's they're investing, they're participating, they're sponsoring, they're becoming ambassadors. Um, and as the kind of high performance lifestyle becomes more mainstream, so what we're talking about, precision health, is is really kind of creating that high performance, kind of the support of the high performer, um, which means you can be high performing as an athlete, as a weekend warrior, as a uh, parent, as a founder, as a kind of professional, um, a lot of those high performers in life look to the to the athletes as, as kind of high performers. So there's all these new opportunities there. And I think um, a lot of athletes are, be, are becoming more involved. I mean, Serena Williams has her own venture fund. Like there's a number of, of, of folks like that. Um, in terms of kind of how we how they get involved, they're also getting involved in NFT projects. Um, whether or not it's a DAO, um, I'm not as much of an expert on DAOs, uh, but from what I've seen so far is I don't, I feel like there's a lot of room for growth in actually making them work. Um, as a as a founder myself, creating a more like decentralized voting organization for early stage anything feels like there could be a lot of extra challenges beyond what it is when you have just a small number of people making decisions. Um, right. And so that's one, one thing I've also seen is as an early stage founder organization, et cetera, you really need to be able to move fast and iterate. Um, and so can you do that in a DAO? Uh, and I don't know the answer to that um, yet. Yeah. I think people will figure it out, um, but it becomes a little more challenging. I had the same same thought, and I don't have the answer to that as well, but I, I might have the answer soon. Um, so, 
Interesting. So let, let's, you know, maybe, maybe kind of like um, get your own opinion, move away from, you know, you know, the projects that you're, you know, kind of spending the majority of your time on. Um, what is, I mean, you're probably like, since you're building in the space, right, are super kind of like aware of like, who's doing what, like what kind of companies are being built, etc. And um, it would be great to kind of just like get your, you know, your thoughts on or um, you know, it would be great if you could share some, some, you know, some things that you are observing, some companies maybe that you did you find quite interesting in a sense where you say like, okay, I, I, you know, this is this is a cool product, this is a cool company, cool team, etc. You know, anything that you that you feel is like kind of like worth um, sharing here. Yeah, it's, I'd say it's one of the most entertaining and enjoyable parts of parts of my job is just seeing everything else that's going on, either through kind of interviewing folks for our Precision Health Pod that's going to be launching soon, or um, getting getting kind of to know people through the community, uh, which we've definitely been able to do. There's a ton of startup founders and innovators um, kind of within that community, um, and I'm also I also do some small tech angel investing as well. So see, see some deals from that standpoint. Um, but across the board, some of the most exciting kind of trends is it all comes down to creating a more personalized approach to health. Eight Sleep is not a startup, but I think what they're doing and kind of in the sleep space and creating, creating an opportunity to make automated decisions so that you sleep better is, is one of the greatest uh, kind of great, great stories there. Love Levels, uh, we know the team there well. And I, I've tried, I've done the, the CGM a couple of times through levels. And I think it's, it's such an interesting way to get to know your body better um, and get to know your metabolic response better. A couple of the things that I learned, I always kind of questioned whether I could do intermittent fasting because I thought that I had low blood glucose, um, which I do have some, some of it, but I tried intermittent fasting on it and actually helped stabilize my glucose, which is a really interesting um, trend. And I also have some sleep not issues necessarily, but I often wake up in the middle of the night for no particular reason. Um, and when I was wearing the CGM, I realized that I was having massive glucose uh, dips in the middle of the night, uh, which happens for, for some people and that actually woke me up. And so if I eat a kind of higher protein snack right before I go to sleep and try to keep my glucose more stable throughout the day, um, I don't wake up as much kind of in that middle of the night dip. Um, so that's been, that's been interesting. There's also kind of earlier stage companies, um, span just got acquired by eight sleep, but they kind of fall into this where they're collecting data from a wide variety of sources and adding coaching on top of it. Crescent health, um, which used to be BioLoop, is another example, uh, basis, um, and omics are doing some really interesting work around, um, trying to automate your kind of biohacking decisions, um, omics more on the nutrition side, building a solution that, um, is significantly better than my fitness pal, uh, and basis kind of overall, uh, those are more kind of tech enabled, but I'm also really excited about kind of the device innovation that's happening and helping yeah. more people get access to data, both through pair provider landscape, but also through direct consumer, um, and those companies out there that are helping providers get more into the functional medicine, root cause medicine, um, kind of what's going on with your data beyond just that 10 minute visit a day. So lots happening in the space, um, lots to be excited about, but it all goes back to how do you get more people access to their data and then build actionable services and products on top of it to help them improve their health long-term. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the only thing uh, I'm not sure, like, would love to get your opinion is that as, on, on that as well is like something that I, that I think about as well. So it's like, so you have like, each company is kind of like looking from one angle, right? So it's, it's looking at a specific part of your physiology, right? It's, it's looking at specific 
you know variables within within your biology right and 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 so the the, the, the question now is like, okay, so if I have like all these different kind of like companies, right, I have, I have all these different devices, it comes down to kind of like, okay, me having a collection, right? So of, of these things or or not, right? Because it's it's not always, oh, I think if, if one thing is for sure, then that, that biology is complex, right? And that it's not just like, you know, having insight from one angle, but there's like, you know, there's many things here interplaying kind of like. And um, so how do you look at at this you know, also kind of like in, in the context of when you build routine, right? It's like, you know, it's like, how do you see that, you know, as as kind of the overall maybe challenge here that you have, like, you know, each company is kind of collecting data, et cetera, right? But overall, you know, it, it would be good if, you know, if you have, like, if, if, if for example, if, if you talk about yourself, right, it would be not, it would be great not to have, not just to have data on your sleep, for example, but it would be, Good to have like all all the different kind of like data combined, right? And because that gives you kind of like a rounder picture and gets gives you more insight. But obviously, there's a problem to that. And in terms of like you know, that's not 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 the case for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there are basic basis and basis is looking to solve that from like a tech enabled standpoint. So that's an interesting, that'll be interesting to see coming up. Um, and one other category I didn't talk as much about is, is women's health. There's just a lot happening there. Um, and I actually think it's a good example um, where women's health, whether it's sleep or like for us, it's specifically on the micronutrient side, it makes sense for companies to focus within a specific niche, but make sure that you're, you're connected in the core, in the core ways that people are tracking their health overall. And that's the belief that we have at routine is it's, a, you need to look at your individual biology, which a lot of people aren't doing in our space, but B, you need to enable connectivity between the other ways that people are tracking and, and getting access to data versus requiring people to only take your tests. Um, and so that's kind of how we, how we think about it. But as you kind of go forward, my view is there's going to be kind of this oligopoly or kind of core um core companies that people go to, but they're all focused on a specific niche versus one company that's going to do everything. Because um, if you're building, for instance, like we create precision micronutrients, Eight Sleep creates smart, like the pod, which is a like hardware uh, experience, right? And so kind of trying to do both as an individual company would be really difficult, but connecting in with each other. And so we're understanding what's going on from the sleep data perspective to create better nutrition products and they're understanding what's going on from your nutrition to create better sleep products. Uh, that's really where I see the industry going uh, and, and something I'm going to be excited about to see as well. Right. Okay. Um, Rachel, maybe kind of like as a, as a, as a last, uh, last question for today, um, you know, what's kind of like, what's, I mean, you know, the year has been the last, the last two years were crazy. I mean, we're living in crazy times. I think that, you know, that's, that's one thing we can all agree upon. <laughs> and um, you already mentioned it. Markets are going crazy. Everything, everything is kind of like messed up, but like, what is something that you're excited for, for the rest of the year? I mean, um, maybe, you know, you could also share from a routine perspective in terms of like what, where, what you're kind of like, um, you know, working towards to maybe this year or, um, you know, just anything that you would like to, to share in that notion. Yeah, definitely. So we are, um, we're in kind of product development times right now, and we're 
looking to launch a number of new products, whether testing consumables and really diving into our digital product experience and improving that across the board. Um, and so we're, we're spending a lot of time on that this year, um, which I'm really excited to kind of see a lot of those launches come to fruition. Perfect. Hey, Rachel, thanks a lot for being the show. It was great having you here. Thanks so much for having me.